Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And today we're talking about Darius Slayton, who is 26 years old, six foot one, 190 pounds. One of two Dave Gettleman third day three picks that actually hit him and Julian Love. And I've always argued that Slayton's been the more valuable one. And the Giants showed that this year and who they brought back. Uh, was a fifth-round pick who's led the Giants in receiving three of the last four seasons. Throughout, Despite all his flaws, he's been the one that's been there for Daniel Jones. And the Giants rewarded him, signed a two-year, $12 million contract, which I hadn't really looked at the contract a ton since the day we saw the Giants signed him, Justin. His contract is very, very friendly. Yeah, like, when you oh, say the Giants are rewarded, the Giants were rewarded. Yeah, he gave, he gave him. They gave him five million dollars guaranteed next year. His cap hit is seven point seven million dollars with a, uh, only one point seven million dollars in dead cap. So if the Giants were to go out and get a wide receiver one and kind of like and Jalen Hyatt popped off, like Slayton is someone that if they wanted to move off of, they could. But I also don't. They're want them not to move going off to. Darius Slayton. They're not going to because every year that we, and I'm saying we as maybe like a collective fan base, every year that we've wanted to kind of dismissed Darius Slayton since after 2020. Because 2019, he had that promising rookie year, eight touchdowns. You know, there were conversations at the beginning of 2020 of, do the Giants have a number one wide receiver in their fifth round pick, Darius Slayton? And it's kind of crazy how fast uh, the the allure kind of fell off with Darius Slayton. But now, I think we're now at a point where Darius Slayton, where he is getting the respect that he deserves. Yeah, like you said, coming off of 2019 was a really good rookie season, right? Like that wasn't like that was a very successful rookie season for a guy who missed most of the camp that year, uh, missed the first two games of the season, and stepped right in and was like their their number one wide receiver on that team. Um, and that was the only year he wasn't plagued by drops, which we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, he's been the and then he started out that next season with a hundred over hundred yards and two touchdowns in a game versus Steelers, and you're like, okay, this guy maybe could be a wide receiver one. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. But last year, Justin came into camp, was buried on the depth chart. They were actively trying to move him because he had that two point five million dollar contract because of uh, his playing time incentives, and took a pay cut to the to the minimum. Wasn't active week one, and again, led this team in receiving, and I thought he had his best season besides getting touchdowns. He had 46 catches on for 724 yards and two touchdowns on a 64.8% catch rate for, for, high. for where he is targeted on the field, which is really nice. Like you said, it's his highest catch rate of his career by 7.7%, which was 2019, his rookie year. Uh, if you if you go in games he actually played, so not the second and third game and the, not the one snap he got in the last week of the season versus the Eagles, he had 55.6 yards per game, and that would have been his career high. He also led the team in yards per route run with 1.79. I know Hodgins was like, you know, the new flavor and was very important to the Giants offense, but still, even in that, he averaged, you know, th- uh, 0.39 yards per route run uh, more. And so those were all career best for Darius Slayton and we talk about, oh, this, you know, Dan- the Giants don't make the playoffs without Saquon or Daniel Jones, whoever. Well, with the way the Giants were last year, they don't make the playoffs without Darius Slayton. No, because we talk all the time about the lack of explosive play potential that the Giants' offense had last year. Well, Darius Slayton had 12 plays of 20 plus receiving yards. No other Giants player had more than three receiving plays of 20 plus yards. 
Did you write down that stat that we were talking about before? Yeah. For the show? Yeah, he had tw- those 12. The rest of the team only – the team combined had 27. Which is so crazy. The rest, it's almost half. <laughs> the, enti- the rest of the team had 15. He had 12. And then on 10-plus uh, – uh, or 20 – like not just 20-plus yard plays where you get yak – just on targeted 20-plus yards Air down yards. the field. Yeah. He had half of Daniel Jones' completions, uh, 48% of the targets. Like, he was basically it. Like, the only other times were a couple double moves by Isaiah Hodgins, a switch release by Richie James, and I can't even think of what the other two might be. Oh, well, yeah, and again, this is with Daniel Jones. They had 28 total. Uh, who was the only one in the Eagles game? Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, that's right. Uh, so he was their ability to make a big play. He was. And what he does well is he does, does those outside releases versus press to get vertical, right? But we saw, I thought, I saw him add some to his game this past season. Like, there was a lot of times where they had third and 12, third and 13s, and he was able to figure out how to work vertical cell, not just to get vertical, but to come back to the ball on those curl routes. Yeah. And he made some really tough catches doing that. I thought on his crossers, it got him wide open. And for the first time in his career, he created Yak. Yes, know? which I have, I have numbers on that as well. Um, I want to talk about him being targeted in the short range and the medium range, not just the deep range, because this actually was the first time in his career where he was targeted less than 18% of the time from 20-plus yards. 2019, he had 25% of his targets came from 20-plus yards down the field. 2020, 22.3. 2021, 18.2. This past year, 20-plus yards, 15.7 target rate coming from 20-plus yards. But I do want to talk about his yards after the catch. 2019, 2020, 2021. It was bad. It was like bottom, like it got like worse as time went on. 2019, it was 3.9, which is like, okay, you know, Pat Shermer offense, rookie year, I was happy with the eight touchdowns. 2021, it was 2.5 yards after the catch per reception. And that was like bottom of the barrel, bad in the NFL. And it got to a point where I'm like, Darius Slayton is fast, but man, he is really bad with the ball in his hands after the catch. As we know, Jason Garrett's offense didn't help anybody yards after the catch wise. And then 2022, a career best 5.7 yards after the catch per reception, which was decently good, especially when you consider his average depth of target. Well, let's talk about it in just as far as rankings. Like from his rookie season to year four, he was ranked 52nd in yak per reception, which isn't bad, but it's not great. 92nd, then 105th, like bottom of the barrel. This year he was ninth. Yeah. So it was it, honestly it was a damn shame that he wasn't higher in years before and the scheme like like that is like to have that speed and not get him in situations where he can create yak to me was a tragedy and obviously Brian Dable and Mike Kafka who did not want to play him by the way right. at the start of the season once they realized like hey we kind of like this speed is needed on the team he has to play they got the best they got the best we got out of Darius Slayton. Little side tangent I still want to know why was there such a hesitancy to play Darius Slayton last year it, it had to be more than just what was going on on the field because for how much they preach speed especially now now that they're preaching speed 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 and they want to get more explosive the things that they're doing this summer they wanted to do last summer um you know in camp and in the early parts of the season we've talked about that over and over again now and they just weren't playing him i don't want to revisit that because now obviously they're in good graces but i still am to this day being like what what was going on inside the building that we didn't know? Yeah, and I, I remember there was a clip, uh, Dable talking to Slayton during OTAs, and he's like, hey, I was re-watching all the, the film of last season. He's like, man, you weren't even on, on the active roster yeah. uh, week one, week two, and they kind of 
you know, Slayton. <laughs> well, Slayton, kind of, no, Slayton kind of had like a nothing a little hard work can't fix. And he's like, and yeah. look at now, and Slayton's like, nothing a little hard work can't fix. Yeah. So, you know, we those are things that we don't know behind the scenes, but they, like you said, and I, everyone points to Daniel Jones as this, I know this isn't a Joe Shane PPP, but as Daniel Jones, as like, this, see, hey, if this regime, if they, you know, like, or, you know, if their first thoughts were wrong about a player, they're not uh, afraid to admit they were wrong. I think Slayton is much a much better example because you Jones, could, yeah. yeah, because the quarterback position is so much different. Where you could have, I mean, people were kind of penciling Slayton in to walk. Yes, right, because he's because he's not a perfect player, and we could talk about his flaws, Justin, and and what they are is, um, the one that's going to pop out the most, and I do think it's his biggest flaw. I don't think it's his most fatal flaw that stops him from being like higher up in the wide receiver echelon. But the thing that's going to hold him, like that's the biggest pain in the ass, is truly the drops. Yes, like it is his rookie. It was bad in college. His rookie season, it, it wasn't bad. His rookie season, these past three years, he's had a drop percentage of eleven point five percent, eighteen point eight percent, which is insane. And then 10.7%. I mean, it's been a really, really bad problem for Slayton. And let's be real. And there's been a lot of games defined by these plays. Let's be real. Darius Slayton drops that ball. I mean, well, he he did drop the ball in the playoffs. Not even that. Darius Slayton drops the ball in the playoffs, which he did against the Vikings. Giants wind up losing that game. Darius Slayton is not back, and he's not a giant right now. And it's it was so frustrating because he was their top wide receiver last year. Every number indicates that the way their offense ran through it. But it was just like, man, it's like it feels like you are going to be defined by drops. So I know there's been some clips circulating with his position coach on things that he's worked on. I kind of going after and snatching the ball instead of letting it come into your body. And we haven't seen that a ton in camp. Besides the first uh, Lions joint practice, we saw a couple, but before that, we hadn't seen any. But the things that what I think holds him back from being an upper echelon receiver, because he has the talent, right, is unlike Isaiah Hodgins, he does not do very much at the stem of the route, right? It's kind of just press, cut, go. Like he's he's not he's not really like slowing down defenders, but he has the speed to win without doing that. But that hurts him a little bit. Where slot where a guy like Hodgins, where he excels, even though he doesn't have the speed that Slayton has, he's like, I'm going to play into that defender. I'm going to break him down and kind of get him to do a false step and then break the other way. Slayton doesn't do a ton of like that. And also when a plate, he has a bad habit of. Routes that need inside releases, when he's facing press, he'll take an outside release, which can totally take you out of the progression of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're running a dig route and you do an outside release, well, you're the pl- you're the player that that ball is, is ideally going to go to on that play. But if you take an outside release, you're, you're just taken out of the progression. The quarterback yeah. is not going to look at you if you take an outside release on. So those yeah. are the things that he needs to work on to get better. I don't think he's ever going to do a ton at the stem of the route, but working to have – Better releases and releasing on time and in the right spots. Those are the those are the places where I can see Slayton making some improvement. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my projection on Slayton this year is I am once again asking that he goes back to that 2019 role. Even combined what we saw last year, and I, I know cross you know crossers down the field, you're probably going to get targeted between like that 10 to 19 yard range, and that's where we did see a, a big kick step up of where Darius. Uh, the area of the field that Darius Slayton was targeted last year, you saw a big kick step up in the 10 to 19 yard range. 
I want Darius Slayton to go back to big play Slay and what he was doing in 2019. I don't want him. He, he may wind up ending, uh, leading, end up leading the team in receiving yards once the season comes to an end. But in a way, I, I, I don't, I don't want that. I want this guy to be big play Slay. I want this guy, you know, competing maybe up there with Darren Waller for 20 plus yard plays. I want him continue to get some yards after the catch stuff. Um, but. That's what I'm expecting from Darius Slayton this year. Not perfection, but being like that number two that can provide big plays. Two-part question to finish off on. Does Darius Slayton lead the team in receiving? And if not, does he lead the wide receivers in receiving? We're only talking about yards yeah. here, too. I think he's going to lead the, the wide receivers in receiving, but he'll be second on the team in receiving yards. To Darren Waller. To Darren Waller. That is the hope. Yep, and the only way I would see that happening is if Darren Waller misses game, which Correct. we talked about Waller yesterday. Like Waller's the real deal. All we need for him is just to be on the field, and he's going. Yeah. He will have that role. Like it's it's shown that. But I think Slayton's like primed to have another solid year, and and hopefully hopefully the best of his career. Yep, you know, um, for a guy who's actually like struggled in camp and practice, going even going back to his rookie like rookie camp. I'm talking rookie camp right after the draft. Who was the, getting the negative talk out of that? It was, it was Darius, Darius Slayton. Slayton because he was having the drop. So let's I'm not. I'm not saying this guy's not going to have drops this year. He is, but let's get into that six to eight percent and not above ten percent, yeah. which is like it's not good. But for the player that he is, like that's a reasonable ask is to get in the six to eight percent of drop rate and not over ten percent, which he's done three straight seasons in his yep. career. Like I'm not even asking going back to rookie season five point nine percent. I'm not going to ask for that. If it happens, cool. But all right. Before we talk about Ashawn Robinson, let's talk about Manscape. Let's talk about Manscape. Today's PPP player profile projection is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped, they have the Platinum Package, the Platinum Package 4.0, because they made the 1.0 and they said, oh, let's make it better. Then they did the two, then they did the three, and we're like, oh, we're going to make it even better. And the Platinum Package 4.0 is the one stop shop for the man who deserves. It all, they designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite, elite products. I'm willing to defend Manscaped and their products like Darius Slayton's willing to defend Daniel Jones on Twitter. No Daniel Jones slander. No Manscaped slander. No Manscaped slander allowed anywhere. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, um, that's what I'll go after you with. I'll go after you with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer if you... That's not a good idea, though, because there's no nicks and cuts. Ooh, great call. (laughs) Wow. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer is my personal fave, and they have so much more. The Platinum Package 4.0 covers all the bases from head to toe and hair to ball fro. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use promo code GIANTS. Use the Platinum Package because the gold standard is no longer good enough. And you know what's no longer good enough? The Giants interior defense alignment depth. I know player profiles were not supposed to get off topic at all. Oh, no. Do you think? Have you ever watched Jackass? No. When well, they go and they take a, a razor and they shave people's heads when they're not looking. Sure. We should start that in the Jumbo Media office with Manscaped and just tag them in it every time. Uh, yeah, I think the people would love that. Speaking of Manscaped, A. Sean Robinson, six foot four, three hundred thirty pounds, and twenty eight years old, signed a one year, five million dollar contract uh, the week of the draft with the New York Giants after visiting them a month earlier. Now. He's not counting very much versus the cap this season, but he does have three years worth of void money. Three years. So in 2026, Ashawn Robinson will have money on the books with the New York Giants because of this contract. 
What Ashawn Robinson is going to be is as a third defense alignment, clearly, but he is someone who can thrive in that role. He is a run-stopping player. Now, I think he has some pass rush abilities. He's not going to be a pass rusher, but he, you know, compared to a guy like Nacho, he has pass rush ability to win reps and create sacks or quarterback hits. Not going to be someone who consistently does it, but Watching his run film, this is a really good run defender, right? And he's a perfect fit for the Wink Martindale scheme because he's got those powerful hands. He knows how to drive offensive alignment and two gap. Like I, I, he he's been productive, and he doesn't need a ton of volume to be productive either. Yeah, and he's been in, in previous years. I would say 2018 and 2021, he's been one of the league's at times, despite not getting a lot of that playing time. He's been one of the league's best run defenders. And do you have stats on that? Yeah. So. Missed seven games with the meniscus tear and was on pup to start camp before getting into the stats. So there is some worrisome for a guy who's 28 years old. He's missed he's missed games before in his career too. I think he only has like one full season in the last what five seasons as yeah. a, uh, with with in the NFL. Um, 2021, he played 17 games, and then bef- then before that, he didn't play 16. Uh, back 2017, that was the second year. Yeah, so that is worrisome for him, but I think he can be really valuable for the team. Hopefully he comes back from the meniscus tear because the Giants need him. Like they need a D line. They really depth. need him. And we thought Nacho would be like their third guy, and maybe they draft someone. But no, they really upgraded with Ashawn Robinson to where if he starts games, you're not. It's not an issue. Where when Leonard Williams missed games last season, it was it was truly an issue. Yeah. In 2021, his last full season, he was 11th in the NFL in run stops, which are stops at you know one yard or fewer uh, um, in run plays. He only played 44% of the snaps that season. And that was tied with Dexter Lawrence that year. Tied with Dexter Lawrence playing 44% of the snaps with run stops. Uh, Last season where he didn't play a full season, it just went at percentage. He was 12th in run stop percentage. So what he does is he, one, has extremely strong, strong hands. And those hands, he plays with solid leverage. He's not like firing off the ball, you know, horizontally. But he plays with solid leverage and gets those hands under guys' pads, and you watch him on film. Go, go, Just go watch him. What he does is he lifts up offensive linemen with those strong hands, and he's got good lower body power to transfer that transfer that strength into that punch. And he is just able to control offensive linemen to me with his hands and, and also while using good footwork and staying square. Like Now, he's not the guy who's going to fire off into the gap at 100 miles yeah. per hour. Low tackles for, num- t- tackles for lost numbers for a reason. Yeah. But that's why he fits well in this scheme because he is going to get in those hands, get in that chest, lift up the offensive lineman's pads, read, and be able to two gap. He's going to play. He'll play. You know, both gaps of that offensive lineman because he can control the offensive lineman well. He also has good run identification to read the read the offensive line zone steps. Like go. I mean, go watch him sometimes with Aaron Donald and whoever else is on the Rams D lineman. He's reading those run. Those he's IDing that very good run. Job. Better than and them something a lot that's of the interesting about what the Rams did because they just could because they have Aaron Donald. I found that they play with such wide splits on the defensive line. Like you'll know, you'll have Donald occupying two gaps, you'll have Robinson occupying two gaps, and you'll have those edge rushers really out wide. And that is putting a lot of trust on your interior, and at, as you should with Aaron Donald. But also, like Ashawn Robinson was not just who he was because he had Aaron Donald next to him. Like, he was a, you know, he is a good player in his own right as well. Yeah, and the Rams did everything they could to create, like, one-on-ones for Aaron Donald, which a lot of times they were for, he was forced to get double teams just based on, like, on the alignment that the Rams would yeah. do to get those. 
Yeah, I think he moves laterally, well laterally as well. I think you talked about how he flows with the play. He flows with the play well. Uses his hand with strength to get enough separation. Played well against Dallas last year, which that was the game that I really uh, keyed in on last year. And, hey, like this is where Sean Robinson is going to help out. Like Here's the Giants' run defense rankings in some key categories. EPA per play, they were 30th. DVOA, they were 32nd. Yards per attempt, they were 31st. Runs of 10-plus yards, they had the, they allowed the second most. Runs of 20-plus yards, they were tied for the sixth most. So, Ashawn Sean Robinson, he talked about it uh, the other day, you know, with the you know with the post and some of the other some of the other reporters. He wants to bring that blue collar mentality to the Giants' defense. He knows exactly why he was signed here. He's not signed here to get five sacks and you know ten QB hits. He's signed here to come in here and stop the run. And I hope he does it. And which Wink Martindale wants to do, like I, I don't view him just as depth as de- for Dex and Leo. No, it's. I, I yeah. Necessary. Wink Martindale likes to run odd fronts with these five man fronts, which means three D linemen. And a big issue for the Giants last year is they'd have Dex and Leo, their linebacker play was bad, but like they'd have guys like Ryder Anderson out there who would I mean he's a converted outside linebacker yeah, Henry and, Mundo and thinner the rest of the guys and would get washed down. That's and not teams would know with it. Sean Robinson. Teams would know that it's like even when you have Dexter Leo on the field, but if you're missing one of those guys they would run to whatever side, Henry Mundo, Ryder Anderson, whatever side those guys are lining up on, and it would be apparent that that's, that, that would be a weak area of, and, of the Giants' defense. That's a negative effect of having Dex playing the nose tackles. Like it, it increases, increases pass rush ability by a lot, plus him just improving. But also, like you didn't have Dex at three-tech on one side and Leo at a five or a four on the other side. So it allowed teams to pick sides to go out and pull at yep. Um, I like you mentioned. I do think he moves to the ball pretty uh, fairly well um, as a pass rusher. He, like you said, he was not brought here to get five sacks and ten QB hits. He will probably get two and a half sacks and seven QB hits. Fine. Like it's he's because he's he knows what his job. It's partly because he knows what his job is because he yeah. has some good pass rush moves. Like he's also know. not going to be on the field at third down rarely at all unless it's like a third and short. Right, and he. Like he's his he knows his job is to get under offensive linemen's pads, steer and read and sh- and shed and, and play two gaps. Like that's what his job is going to be. And with Dex and Leo, who are two pass rushing defense alignment, it really does help that someone have the ability and also know this is my job. This is what I'm here to do. I am not here to get up field and try and create penetration. My job is to is to read and two gap and do it well. And that's what Ashawn Robinson does. Let's finish off with this. What do we think his snap share is going to be? And what I what I mean by snap share is the snaps at which he is eligible to play. So take last year. Um, even though he played ten games, in the games in those ten games, he played in fifty nine percent of the snaps. Uh, the year before he played in seventeen games, he played in forty four percent of the snaps. I think it's going to be around forty five ish percent. That's what exactly what I want to say. Like that forty-four percent number to me is perfect. Yeah, because it allows you to do your three down limit sets. I don't want Dex and as much as we don't want Dex and Leo to get the run they did last year. They when still they should are, be out there when yeah. they are in two two D lineman sets. I want those guys still getting eighty percent of the snaps, not maybe not ninety percent or whatever it was, but I still want those guys getting a large majority of the snaps and. I, you know, it didn't hurt them last year. Dex was able to be really productive doing that last year. So I think 45% is good. I'd agree. All right, that's the player profile and projection. We'll be back Friday for more player profiles and projections. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go 
big blue.